Hey guys, welcome back to the Chatterseed Podcast. This is a father-daughter podcast where my dad and I review movies from his old college honors program classical movie list. And today's movie was The Age of Innocence. And one really cool thing I liked about this movie was that it has Winona Ryder in it, who some of you people may know is Joyce Byers, Will's mom from Stranger Things. Yeah, Winona Ryder actually won a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress for this movie and was nominated for an Oscar Award for her performance as well. In fact, there were uh, another actress, Michelle Pfeiffer, won a Golden or was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress for this. And Martin Scorsese, who directed the film, was also nominated for Best Director for this. And I think my favorite performer from the film... Um, oh... The guy wanna... from Dead Poets Society? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's uh, Miriam Margolis, who who played the nurse in oh, yes! Romeo and Juliet. Love that movie. <laughs> it's like one of my favorites. She was the bright Grandma spot of this whatever, movie. Yeah. I liked her performance. And she won a British Academy Film Award for her performance in this movie as well. So it was stocked, full of uh, good performances and great talent. Martin Scorsese is widely regarded as one of the uh, greatest directors of all time. He is the uh, most nominated living director for Academy Awards Best Director. He has nine nominations. That's second most all time. That's uh, crazy. Living and Dead. And uh, the lead actor in this, um, Daniel Day Lewis, won or has won three Oscar awards. He's the winningest oh, wow. uh, Oscar Best actor uh, <laughs> out there no one's uh, he's the only one to win three Wait. oscars for best though he was not nominated for best actor for his performance in this <laughs> film and frankly it's not my favorite performance it of his. was um, kind of a boring movie i this one for me was probably like a four out of ten <laughs> boring and I didn't understand the point of it like at all like it was just a movie about whatever and it's just kind of like what is the point of this so should we talk about that for a minute like a little bit of a plot synopsis yes oh spoiler alert y'all there will definitely be spoilers in these podcasts but yeah okay so this was an <laughs> adaptation of an Edith Wharton novel she actually uh, won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction for this book uh, in, that was, I think, published in 1921. She was the first woman to win a Pulitzer Prize for a fiction novel. and uh, Girl power. Girl power, <laughs> right. And so this is, was an adaptation of a very popular book. I, I, I'll have to read the book then to see if it was actually that good, because the movie was like really boring. So do you want to tell them what the synopsis is? Or I don't, tell them like, what happened? I don't even know. Like it, was just, like it was just so random. It's just like this guy... Like, I don't even, I didn't even understand the very beginning of the story. Oh, my goodness. Like, all I know is that this guy was engaged to Winona Ryder, but he loved another lady who was her cousin and, like, almost cheated on her. Kind of did, but not, like, not really. And then stayed with his wife and had, like, three kids. And then, like, when his wife finally died and he was free, he didn't do anything. I don't even know. 
<laughs> it was literally, it was, it was like two and a half hours long too. <laughs> and I was like, there, what was the point of this movie? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, at least well, last week's movie, like, had a point to it. This one was just kind of out there. Like, what? Yeah, it was a little bit, I'm with you. It was a little bit like watching paint dry. I, I almost fell asleep a few times. <laughs> I mean, it was because I'd had a, a big meal right before. But uh, this is it's just not my favorite story. Although, I, I, it tackles themes that I think are sort of um, universal, uh, sort of a what if, a romantic, unrequited love. Yeah. So you've got this guy who uh, wants to be with one woman but actually stays with another woman. Society. Because of, yeah, social pressure. And it's sort of the opposite of a story that you would might expect today. Don't give in to peer pressure, y'all. <laughs> so, like, at that time, like, there was all this peer pressure in their uh, community to try and keep him and his wife together. And to not let the lady he was in love with divorce her husband, who, like, I guess was really horrible to her. Right. Well, so they did, though, at the end, right? She separated from her husband, but she still went back to Europe. So she was from yeah. Europe, came to New York, and that's where she reunited her old Okay, maybe the one thing out of this movie was talking <laughs> about, like, social stuff back then, but I still, it was, yeah, no. Mm -mm. But it was interesting that, like, there was a social pressure in that age for that couple to stay together. Whereas today, you might have the opposite social pressure. You might have people, like, separate. encouraging you to, yeah, break yeah. up. I think that he should have followed his heart and not lied to his wife his whole freaking life. And the wife knew the whole time. She knew he loved the other woman. Yeah. She told her oldest son while she was dying. I thought it was going to get interesting. Yeah. I really <laughs> thought. he had, So he was saying, like, right before, literally right before she told him that she was pregnant or, like, a little before... She told him that she's pregnant. His wife. She, yeah, his wife. He was gonna. He was like thinking like, if only she was dead, then I would be free. <laughs> and I for real thought he was gonna like poison her or something. And I was like, finally something interesting. <laughs> no, nothing. Not e the pregnancy wasn't even interesting, because like they just skipped through the whole thing. Yeah, it was. It was. It was interesting. I thought that same thing. I thought, here we are with this guy who is feeling trapped. Like, the only socially acceptable way for him to get out of this situation where he's married to one woman, who, by the way, by all uh, appearances, is a wonderful person mm -hmm. uh, whom he is lucky to be with. But... He feels trapped because he wants to be with this other woman. He and he's thinking just gone, not lied to her. Well, he's thinking the only way out that's socially acceptable would be for her to die. <laughs> Don't give in to peer pressure, y'all. Follow your hearts. <laughs> Maybe, but but here's, that's a good question. Do you think he would have been happier if he had left his wife, who it turns out was pregnant? No, no. He should have left her when he, before he was engaged or before they got actually married they were engaged and he was already all up in this business but he still like stayed with her i think that he like obviously once you're in it you're in it unless you know he talks to her and like they get a divorce but like i think he should have just gone and followed his heart 
before I, they got married, you know? Don't give in to peer pressure. It's bad. Now, that's actually a fair point because uh, before they he got married, they were engaged, and she was like, she, she could sense that he was... Uh, basically in love with her cousin and she offered him an out she's like are you yeah, sure she literally was else? like we let because he he came so he had like been visiting with the cousin that he loved and then he like like was gonna go see her but then decided to go see his fiance and was like let's get married like now let's elope and she was like well why don't we do a longer engagement you know like i kind of feel like is there someone else or whatever. Like, she knew. She knows something up. Women always know. She knows something's up. And she offers him an out. Because, you know, she's a good person. And she wants him to be happy. She's literally like, don't let me stop you from being with someone whom you truly love. Or whatever. And he's like, that that's crazy talk. Which it obviously was not. But, you know, she offers him an out. So, she's like a really chill person. And, yeah, she would have been sad. But, like, you know... I would rather, if I was her, I'd rather not live a lie and be sad for a little bit than, like, be reassured that I'm, like, the only one when I'm really not. Right. Right. But he decided to marry her, and so they <laughs> uh, got married, and he still had a thing. He was carrying a torch for her cousin. His entire marriage, literally. But... Look, it was early in their marriage when he finds out she's his wife is pregnant mm. and he makes the decision at that point. Like, he's about... So he's telling his wife that he needs feels like he has to leave and go on a big trip. He really just wants to go see the cousin that he's in love with. Right, because the girl's cousin moves back to Europe and he is not willing to let her go. Like, he wants to go find a way to be with her. So he tells his wife, I'm going on this big trip. And then... Right after he tells her, I'm going to go on a big trip, she's like, well, I don't think you can go because I'm pregnant. Yeah, well, she's like, take me with you, but I don't think the doctors would allow that. And he's all like, what? Also, I don't understand, because she, like, told him uh, that she's pregnant, and then she was saying that she told her cousin two weeks before, which is why her cousin moved back. And so he's all like, suddenly his, like, attitude totally like shifts and he's like totally pissed but like she doesn't say or notice and I'm just kind of like how do you not notice that he was like very clearly really upset and it's like you're pregnant like he should be happy why don't you notice something is wrong well and that's uh, of course why the cousin left too right well yeah because she's pregnant yeah right so they they see that there's going to be consequences so when it's just them when it's just adults making decisions about their romantic life, it's easy for them to fantasize about the idea of escaping the constraints of their marriages and mm -hmm. deciding to be together. But as soon as this other life comes into play, they find out that his wife is pregnant and there's going to be a baby, then everyone that gets a lot more serious about duty. That kind of changes things. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah, no, this movie... Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the end, right? Literally, what is there to talk about? He literally does nothing. Like, it didn't even make sense. So so the end is maybe my favorite part. Because they have... See, he spends his whole He's life... He's an idiot. <laughs> he should have gone. He was free. But no. He just sits there and walks away. He waits for her to come to the window. But she doesn't. Right. So he... Uh, when he's 57 years old, his wife dies. 
and his son uh, invites him on a trip to Europe. And apparently his wife has told his son that she knew that he was in love with her cousin. Mm-hmm. And that she he appreciated knows. that he uh, did not pursue that, that he was a faithful husband. And so he, after his mom dies, takes his dad back to Europe to, to see this woman. To reunite him with his true love. But he's an idiot and walks away. So this is the part, actually, that I like the best. Because you would expect the story to be, here's a story of unrequited love. Like, this guy, at first, feels duty-bound to get married. And so maybe he enters into a marriage that he is not as romantically interested in as another relationship. But after he's made that decision, he decides after some prevaricating that he's going to stick with it and you know they lived together for 30 years or something 30 years later he has an opportunity to pursue again this romantic interest that he had 30 years before and you sort of think oh here's the happy ending his wife died and he was did his duty and was a faithful husband for 30 years now he's going to get to have the love that he thought was lost. But it doesn't end like that. Instead... He walks away. Yeah, he goes... He's an idiot. <laughs> this man, I can't. He goes to the courtyard outside her apartment building. And when his son goes in to meet this woman, he leaves. And he decides to leave that door closed. Rather than reopening that chapter of his life and you know, thinking about what might have been, he decides he had happy. already... <laughs> well, we don't know, right? The people change. It's 30 years later. He was so depressed. You could see on his face. Who are we kidding? Come on, Dad. Yeah, but I, I love the idea that he left that door closed. That he's like, you know what? I moved on with my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. This is why I don't understand, boys. <laughs> so what, what would you like the ending to have been? Um, first of all, him not ever gotten married to his wife in the first place. Him just being smart from the beginning, saving himself all this pain and secrecy, and his wife all this pain, because she knew. She knew. Like, how does that not kill you every day to think your husband's in love with someone else while you have, like, he should have just gone with the other girl, or at the very least, pursued her when his son and wife literally are telling him, go after her, like his wife from the grave, like, go. And he just walks away like, oh my goodness. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about the craft, the filmmaking of it. As much as it was at times very slow, uh, that, you know, not necessarily my speed uh, and not necessarily romance is not necessarily what I would choose to watch on my own time. But given that it was what it was, what are some interesting things that we liked about it? We talked about the performance of Maria Margolis, which I loved. I love her as an actress. I liked she's fantastic. The like really pretty scenery, like the parks or like the yards, like the estate. I feel like places don't look like that anymore. Like people don't live on like estates and have the pretty stuff, or like or like the parks or like the way like the paintings, how they related the paintings to like the actual story. I thought that was cool. They had a lot of classical paintings. Yeah, it was a um, period piece, and so it was yes. from... Uh, the costumes. 
Yes, they actually won an Oscar award for best costume design. For I this can see why. Movie and the, the costumes were stunning. It I just think really Grave Peace costumes are so fun. Like they're like so itchy and like hot and uncomfortable, but they're so pretty. Yeah, it, it was really really beautiful. Um, I liked some of the soundtrack. The music was beautiful. There was a great yes. Inya track in there that uh, was sort of a, a bright spot for about thirty seconds. <laughs> in the movie and there was this very interesting thing that uh, Martin Scorsese was doing where he was taking the uh, sort of like in frame putting a spotlight on what he wanted oh, you to yeah. focus on a few times where it sort of there was a bright circle in yeah. a part of the frame where the rest weird. was darkened yeah it was it was interesting it was very different like it was like at sometimes like very much you're in the movie and then very much other times it's like different style like it was so many different styles in one yeah like i don't know how to explain that and i like martin scorsese i think loves obviously loves new york and this was a story set in new york he's done some other movies set in new york in fact new york uh, is awesome it is we should go to new york and he loves to do period new york and like delve into the history it's so fun so he did that with this movie he did it again about nine years later again with daniel day lewis in a movie called The Gangs of New York, which also starred your boy, Leonardo DiCaprio, <gasps> who's a very good actor. Um, but it was it, it's fun to see those guys together, and, and he, of yeah. course, worked with him again. We did see New York is just as crowded, just with people on foot instead of cars, though. But there was one scene. I don't even understand the relevance of this scene, but there was a scene where it was, like, really windy, so all, like, a bunch of guys are, like, just packed, like, sardines in a can. Very not coronavirus social distance there was like three inches between them and they're like walking down the street holding their hats and it's like really windy and it's like that for like three minutes and it's like um is there a point to this scene <laughs> so we did not like this one i think as much as we liked 400 blows no mine is four out of ten what about you <laughs> i <sighs> it was a good movie Martin Scorsese is a good director. It's probably, as movies go, as, as far as craft. Well, it's good, but, like, the entertainment level is, like, a three or four. <laughs> I can't disagree. This is not my speed. I didn't find it very enjoyable or entertaining, but I did admire the craft, and I admire all of the cast. They're fantastic actors. Yes. And the, it was a beautiful movie in terms of wardrobe and, yeah. and sets. Um but yeah, it was a, it was sort of excruciatingly <laughs> slow at, at some points that way. Not my cup of tea. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was a good movie, kind of boring, but you know, hopefully the next one will be a bit more interesting. We do have at least I know we have at least two really interesting ones near the end. We've got. What is it? Singing in the Rain? Yeah, that's one. And Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Oh, is it, and The Sound of Music, right? Uh, maybe. That might is be on there, one? too. So, we've so got, like, three. There's lots we've of good like movies on We've got, like, three really list. good ones that I know. <laughs> so, that's, like, towards the end, but stick with us, guys. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Chatter Seed, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.